Hello, hello. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA, LLC, located between Sacramento and San Francisco, California. And today is July 14th, 2022. We are within 40 days of the primary. And I'd like to say this is 40 days and 40 nights of, um, you know, contacting uh, people uh, there in South Broward. And uh, anyone who wants to listen, anyone who wants to uh, participate, anyone who wants to donate, uh, this is a, a red alert. And not so much for Ruben. It's a red alert for South Broward, and a red alert for South Florida, a red alert for the state of Florida, because now we are starting to see what the game is all about. I know Ruben uh, likes to say he's he's not new to the game, but he's true to the game. But the, the kind of game that we are seeing now and that I suspected all along since the 2020 election when uh, Kim Klasik, uh said she was eight points down and ended up losing by quite a bit. Uh, and a lot of money was raised. So uh, kudos to her for doing that, I guess. Um, pretty inspiring, I guess. But the game that we're seeing now has a lot to do with uh, people who should be the top candidate and should make it to Congress being held back by this game, by this. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's a ruthless game, but it's definitely definitely a clever game, a sneaky game, a, a a cheating game on all different levels. So before I continue, I want to bring in Ruben Young, who's running for uh, uh, Congress in Florida District 25 against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and she's not the incumbent. This very a brand new district, so don't let people, don't let you know somebody tell you she's the incumbent, and his primary opponent is. Carla Spalding, a nurse and a real estate agent. So, Ruben, good morning. I'm let you jump in here for for a minute or two and and say hello and uh, say a few words, and we'll get back into this intro. Uh, good morning, Rick. Uh, thank you again for having me. I always look forward to joining you uh, on your podcast because I believe that things and discussions that we have are right on point. And I just want to thank you. This is uh, Ruben Young, and I want everybody to please vote for me. They're doing everything they can to try to stop the campaign, but please vote for me. Give me a chance. I'm running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz for the new Congressional District 25. That's right. That's right. And his website is ryoungforcongress.com. Please donate 5 10 20 bucks. But more importantly at this time, uh, it's not so much about you know, raising millions of dollars for your campaign. It's more about uh, letting people know that you are the candidate for that district. And you've done very well getting out 30,000 uh, flyers over the last uh, 30 days. And we still have work to do with the business owners there in South Broward. And that's what I was referring to when I said 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, just like Moses said, free my people. And, and, and part of the sea, part of the Red Sea. And, uh, you know, and, and he was out there for 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, the outcome may be a little different than, than Moses, but I tell you what, we're going to be working for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, contacting, uh, people there in, in South Florida. Because what I figured out 
just over, over the last year, you know, signs and things help. Uh, a lot of people don't pay attention until these last uh, 30 days, uh, last 60 days. Most people are not even paying attention, but they do know who Ruben Young is because you went out and and uh, and, and 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 put out 30,000 flyers. We also sent about 20,000 emails uh, to people. Some some of those people may be the same that received the flyer. And now we're doing the 40 days and 40 nights with uh, reaching out to the business owners and Pembroke Pines and Hollywood and Hollandale and Davy and Weston and Miramar and, uh, and and Dania Beach and all those communities there in District 25. But, you know, what we're going to talk about today, Mr. Rubin, is the continuous shenanigans that are going on. And now the shenanigans have reached the level of the mainstream media. That's right, the Sun Sentinel and, and the Miami Herald. Uh, I believe they, they sent you uh, some uh, some correspondence and you've talked to them on the phone and they've wanted to uh, interview you or have some type of uh, a battle royale between you and Kim Clase, or not Kim Clase, you and uh, uh, Carla Spaulding. And uh, so please tell us a, a little bit about uh, this engagement that you have had with the Sun Sentinel there in Broward County and the Miami Herald there in Miami-Dade County. All right, thank you, Rick. First of all, let me let me just start off by saying uh, this is not my first rodeo. I've been running for office since 1989, 1990, way before any of my opponents got out there, uh, whether it's been whether it's Debbie Watson, Schultz, or Paula, or Carla Spalding, uh, the nurse and the real estate person, as you say. Uh, I've seen a lot of these uh, interviews. I've gone to a lot of these interviews, and, and they just uh, they don't work. Uh, a lot of these uh, board members are biased. They're they're extremely biased. Uh, it's not a fair process. If it was fair, then they'll ask you more about yourself, or get to know you, and the things uh, that you really want to do for yourself and want to do for the. Uh, for the position that you're running, but that's not about that. They get you in, in a board meeting, and they try to, it's almost like ask you questions, to try to trip you up, and ask you questions that contradict what you wrote, because they give you a written opinion, a written questionnaire, they ask you to fill it out. Are you thinking that it's going to be sufficient enough because you give a lot of background information about yourself. You tell them about yourself, and you, and you go through the whole nine yards. But when you get to the interview, the things that you provided or the things that you wrote told them about, they don't even ask you those questions. They come from the left. They ask you questions hoping that you'll have a response. Now, I don't have a problem going and talking to anybody, but I would not walk into a, a now an editorial a board uh, for an endorsement because endorsement, they don't work. Uh, they don't put you in office. Uh, the, what put you in office is the voters. Now they try to do influence the election because they use their their, their papers, uh, their opinions to try to shape the voters' mind and to try to find the most egregious thing that is out there about you. Because any information that they ask you, Rick, they already have the answer. They can dig into your background. That's what a lot of the investigative reporters do. They find information. They can find anything on any candidate. They can go back 30, 40 years and find something that you forgot about. So it's just the cleverness of these board members thinking that you're going before them and you're thinking 
that that's a fair process when it's not a fair process. I was reading about one of the gentlemen that was on uh, that was on the board uh, with the Sun Sentinel. I went and did a little background check. Uh, found out that a lot of these board members are Democrats. Uh, I'm running as a Republican. I, I have never seen them give a favorable endorsement to a Republican candidate. I was just reading about the, the, the gentleman that I wrote. I believe his first name is Steve. I went back and read some of the things that he wrote. He's very biased. Um, he's been going there, Governor Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, tooth and nails. Well, his opponent, uh, Charlie Chris, he says the most favorable things about Charlie Chris, but when it comes to Governor DeSantis, he's very negative in his reporting and his writings, and he thinks that I want to go before him. I mean, I, I can smell a trap. Like I say, Rick, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I've been around a long time. Whenever you see them placating or catering to a certain candidate, that's the candidate that's one of them. You know, you look at the Matrix, you know, how they how the movie in, uh, in, uh, evolved. That's the matrix, uh, and so I don't I don't allow myself to walk in a trap because I like this interview that I'm having with you is a is an interview where you're asking me to expound and provide your listeners with information, but that's not what those interviews are about. And a lot of them they're snobbish. Uh, they think they're better than everybody else. Uh, they think they're more educated than everybody else. They think that they're the smartest individuals in the world to sit around on board meetings, and they use uh, words from their addiction, from no level of uh, where they're going to school. And if your school don't match the school that they went to, uh, they're a little snobbish around those boards. But like I say, Rick, I know a trap. And I saw how uh, the Sun Sentinel yesterday. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so yesterday, uh, Mr. Daniel Sweet, Sweetney, and I, I looked him up. He's the, def, uh, the deputy opinion editor with the Sun Sentinel. Uh, normally, when you want somebody to participate in something, you give them enough notification, and then you give them enough noti notification to get back with you. Uh, normally, say within a week or two weeks. But they gave me two days, and they told me that I better have this in by a certain date, certain because they haven't a candidate interview. They didn't find out what my schedule was. They didn't ask me would that meet my schedule. They're simply going to tell me that they're having a candidate's endorsement. It was, you know, most of the time I don't go with endorsement because endorsements are like uh, influencing elections. And a lot of these organizations and a lot of these elected officials that's in office, they try to influence the election because, uh, because of their, their statuses. And a lot of these newspapers, that's what they try to do. They don't leave it up to the voters. They give what they call opinions, and they give their opinions in, a, in about a, a half hour or an hour interview. They know just as much more about you than anybody in the world. You know, know more about you than you know about yourself. So they're giving the opinion, that, and that opinion is designed to shape the election. Now, most of these individuals on that board, especially with the Sun Sentinel, they're Democrats. I had an opportunity to look up some of them, and everyone I came across, it showed me that they are Democrats. I run as a Republican. I'm seeing the hostility over the course of a year or two years or three years. I know how they feel about Republicans, especially if they're, uh, they're partisan players. I know how they feel. So I, I didn't see that being a fair process to me because I've never seen this newspaper, like any of these newspapers, whether it's Miami Herald or whether it's the uh, Sun Center, I've never seen them give a favorable endorsement to a Republican candidate. So I didn't see that as being in my best interest. So I sent them a, 
I sent them an email earlier that day telling them that I would not be able to participate. Well, I guess that wasn't good enough. Now, they know I wasn't going to participate. So now they send me another email telling me the date and the time of the, uh, the screening, call it scanning screening for the endorsement. I was <laughs> like shocked because I just told them that I wasn't participating. But this time, they have Carlos Spalding's name on it. So they wanted to get me by default. They wanted me to tell them again with her on the line as if I'm not afraid of Carlos Spalding. It's, oh, I believe it's not. the other way around because I believe the other way around because Carlos don't have the same background. I mean, she's never been in the legislative process. She never helped present a bill or uh, write up legislation for a bill or help with any uh, appropriation requests or resolve issues within the district. I mean, she, she, she don't have that type of background, but I do. But that's not the, that's not the goal. The goal is to use the weaker candidate to, to help with the chances of Debbie Wasserman Schultz being reelected. I'm glad you said what you said, Rick, because she's not the incumbent in this district. This is a brand new district. There's no incumbent, but she's but she's been in the position in another congressional district for so long that they're going to automatically try to give her the up by saying she's the uh, incumbent in this district, which that's not true. But they want to use the weaker candidate and to help the the incumbent, or the so-called incumbent, being that of Debbie Washington Show. So, you know, it was it was just a farce for me. It was a farce. Then they wanted me to, to denounce President Trump, efforts of the uh, election. They wanted, wanted to put me on record where I stand on that. I refuse to do that because I support President Trump. The election was stolen because it was stolen because they didn't follow the constitutional process that's in the 12th Amendment, 3 U.S.C., 1-15, the Electoral Count Act of 1877 and 1887. That process, those laws was not followed. So that makes that, make that an unlawful election. But they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear you say that. They want to get you a record. So they can put that in that paper and say that you are a Trumpster. Well, I love President Trump, and I support President Trump 100%, and I've never, ever betrayed President Trump or the Republican Party. I'm not an opportunist. That's right. I am That's not right. an opportunist. So I mean this for real. So let me take this from – so so this uh, these newspapers, uh, pretty much what they said was, black boy, get down here. Because we are the Sun Sentinel, and you are a black boy, so you better get down here and answer our questions. And we don't care if we only gave you a few days' notice about this, uh, about this uh, screening or, or whatever you want to call it. And again, so if you're if you're black in South uh, uh, Broward, if you are a bro, if you are a hermano cubano, if you are a Haitian. You know, and I'm all of that myself. I'm just letting people know this is how this is how these newspapers newspapers see black people. And since you are a black Republican, you're almost lower than the the, the standard black person person of color that lives in the nine five four seven five four seven eight six three zero five. So that's what that's what's happening. And um, and and so you're right about. Uh, their stance of, I mean, I read the email that you sent me. Some of the, some of the items, if not all of the items were pretty much purge your Republican stance, purge your Republican values and bow to us, black boy, Reuben Young, bow to us because we are the powerful uh, Sun Sentinel. And by the way, all these newspapers, 
they are failing. I went to their website and they're asking me for uh, a 10 cent a week for 12 weeks. That's a dollar and 20 cents for a digital subscription. I would never subscribe to these uh, these failed newspapers. Uh, so they're not as powerful as we think. I'm, I believe they're getting money from someone to stay afloat, to be honest with you, because no one really reads those newspapers. And the ones that do, like you said, Mr. Rubin, they are reading the opinion like they're some type of God on with a little G on a throne and everyone should uh, pay attention to what they say. But you know what? You've already outworked the Sun Sentinel because you have reached out to 30,000 people via flyers and another 20,000 people via email. And when we start our 40 days and 40 nights starting today with calls to business owners, and what, what kind of business owners am I talking about? I'm talking about the business owners who are at most risk from these Democrat socialists uh, slash communist uh, uh, leadership down there, down there in South Broward, Miami-Dade. So we're calling restaurant owners. We're, ca we're calling accountants. We're calling gym owners. We're calling uh, auto, re auto repair shops. You know, the people who really work and, you know, and not these elected politicians. But I want to move to this, this next subject, and you already talked about it. There was a race there, in, and I think it was in Palm Beach County or North Broward, and uh, somebody that you know was running. And like you said, putting, having uh, Carla play this, this spoiler role where uh, she beats you in the District 25 race, and all of a sudden, she becomes insignificant with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. That is the game that is being played in California every major election with governor or major seats. And we just saw a lot of phonies, a lot of uh, what they call secret sleepers and, and dopers, Democrats, operatives posing as Republicans. We just saw a slew of that here in California. But please describe and, you know, five minutes about what happened to your friend and how that person who was supposed to be running against the ultimate winner kind of faded out. Okay, so let's go back to this election cycle. You know, uh, my friend, uh, Joe Carter, uh, he got into a race for the special election. And what that did, uh, the young lady that I was helping that I've been knowing for over 10 years, she was in that race. And what that did was stop her from getting the votes from the Republicans because she's running. She was a Democrat, but she's somebody that that have a 15-year relationship, and she's somebody I was trying to stop the other Democratic candidate that was using all types of, to me, alleged illegal gains or means to get elected because she's never been elected before. She she didn't even resign. Her name is Rosalind Osgood. She didn't even resign from her position to run for that seat. She's a school board member. And so I, I was doing everything I can to try to stop the fraud because I've been filing charges since 1989 against elections. And it wasn't until President Donald Trump hit the scene that I saw some movement uh, within the movement that I had started in the, back in 1989 because I come from dispute elections. I believe that uh, a lot of these local supervisors of elections are officials. They are part of the fraud. I think those positions need to go away because they are partisan. Instead of being nonpartisan, as the Constitution requires, they are partisan. The Constitution says nonpartisan, but be as it may. So this individual get in that race to stop 
those Republicans for voting in that primary because it becomes an open primary when you don't have a, a, a an opponent on the opposite side. I didn't, I never heard of him, never seen him. But just recently, this same individual did the same thing. Now they're they're in another congressional race. I mean, another Senate race, state Senate race. This person get in the race. He stopped all the other Republicans from challenging the same as uh, uh, Rosin Osgood. And then before qualifying, he withdraws from the race or didn't qualify. So now she goes into that position unopposed. And we have a lot of people doing that. We have a lot of Democrats playing that game. We have a lot of unknown Republicans playing that game to help their own pockets, allegedly. They help their own, their own benefits, allegedly. So that's what I thought that took place in that particular race. They use Democrats. They use uh, grifters. They use sleepers to interfere a block. And these individuals don't have no intentions, like Carlos Baldwin. She's been at this since 2015. I got a report. And I saw that since 2015, she's raised a lot of money off our donors. I think that's unfair because she raised this money, and she, don't put, she doesn't put any money into the election. She pays everybody on the outside of the district. She, she don't even have confidence with the people that's in the district to help her with the campaign. All of her support, all of her donors, are, they are outside the state of Florida in most instances. So it leaves questions in my mind. Why this person continues to keep running for a seat that they really are not putting the money in to win? So this is why I took the stance that I have taken uh, uh, when they say let's debate. Because I know that she's in there because they have her in there. The, the goal is to, is to stop me because I've been at this since 1989. I have a brand. I have name recognition. I, I go out and I do the work. I go out and I talk to the people. I go out and shake the hands and kiss the babies. I'm not on the scene because I'm a 100% grassroots kind of guy. They know it. Debbie Wasserman shows know it, as you indicated. I'm the one that they fear the most. And this is why my goal is to get to the finish line without any obstacles, without anyone intentionally trying to trip me up. So I'm relying on all the background and all the know-how and all the experiences to watch as well as pray. The Bible tells us to watch as well as pray. I see the signs. I know a good interview from a bad interview. I know that if you want me to participate in something, you don't call me the day before. I'm running for Congress. You don't disrespect the position that I'm running for because of your petty, your petty uh, uh, differences or your prejudices. And I'm not going to turn this into a racial thing, but, but they have been getting away with that for so long. The newspapers are playing a part of, to me, the alleged fraud, trying to help the opponent that they support stay in office. Like I said, I got a chance to take a look at the backgrounds of some of these these opinion persons that was going to be on that board. And they're very strong opinion when it comes to Republicans. So I was right. I was right in telling them I'm not coming down there because whether I was the best candidate on the face of the earth, it would not matter because they don't have something negative to try to knock me out. They're going to have something negative to say to give the person that they, that they want in the race the edge or the, com the competitive advantage. Well, if I lose this race, I'm going to lose this race because of mistakes that I made, not because I allowed myself to walk into these traps. When, right. you, when, you, when, you, when you know better, you do better. I have That's way right. more experience in college politics. She don't see what they're trying to do, how they're trying to divide this party, or how they're trying to pit us against one another. She's an opportunist, in my opinion, like everybody else that I've seen that's in this for the money, that they're running these races not to win, 
but they're running these rates to help the 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 the, the incumbents. Because right. you, you, you make the question, an unknown person, no one has ever heard, except for doing the election, can raise over a million dollars. How is that possible when the rest of the world, the rest of the Republican world, they're struggling because of uh, what, the, what, the, what, what happened to our economy? But not this individual. This individual can raise the exact same money as the Democrat. Why is that? Rich? Okay, so, so here you go. So here you go. So a million dollars, what is that? That's, uh, that's 200 people. That's 200 people donating uh, five, five, $5,000. That's uh, 500 people donating, you know, uh, $2,000. So, so the point is, you know, the, the, the voters, that, the regular voters in, in District 25, they're not donating this kind of money. The average voter in District 25 in the, in the seven communities that I, that I talked about, they don't have that kind of money. They have 25, 50, maybe 100, maybe on a good day, $500. So, so the point is, like you said, uh, the, like in other words, if you live in, if you're listening to this episode and you live in South Broward, did you donate $5,000 or $2,000? And if so, why? Well, the answer, that's a, like, that's like one of those questions that you really don't want the answer to because it doesn't exist. So you got to ask yourself this question. What would a donation of $5,000 get you? And why would you want to donate $5,000 with, you know, with little to no expectations? Well, the answer is you didn't live in, in South Broward and donated $5,000. The money came from another source. And you're right, Ruben. I have tracked this, this new industry of raise money, pay your friends. Everyone's eating steak and shrimp. Businesses are started. And you do this all over again. And the reason why it, it stood out now, because I believe in all fairness to people who are kind of like uh, on the spotlight of doing this, this has been going on probably for a while. The only difference is now we have a lot of a diversity in, 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 this, in, these, in this political process. And it's not because... You know, it's just open to different people of color. And, but but what, what is happening is that a lot of uh, uh, black, Latino, Asian people have moved to the Republican Party. So it created an, an opportunity for some to say, look, we got these, these new uh, blacks and, and Hispanics, Latinos, you know, Muslims, Asians, you know, in the Republican Party, and we can capitalize on our success. We can make ourselves bigger than life and, and, and tell the people we can take them to the promised land. Please donate. We're the new kids on the block. I hope I don't get sued from that group. <laughs> new kids on the block. I, I use it in a different <laughs> reference. But uh, All right. <laughs> I used to like that group, by the way. Okay, so I'm a fan. I used to be a club DJ in San Francisco, and I love that group. So I'm not, I'm not stealing anything from you new kids on the block. But that's how they seen. Oh, we're, we're the shiny metal object. We're black. We got new black voters in the Republican Party. Let's go out and get this money and let's pay off our friends. So, so the point is, I'm not questioning their uh, loyalty to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. 
maybe that comes second. But what I have seen, and I got one more point to add to this before you jump back in, what I have seen is opportunists. I've seen opportunists on the West Coast. There's a handful of people who run and lose. In fact, one person, I won't mention his name, he said, I am a rhino at the end of his video. Yeah, that's right. I am a rhino. And so, but I want to say this, conspiracy theories. And I think I'm going to add this clip to the beginning of the podcast. A conspiracy theory is partly right and partly wrong. You know, years ago, it took, you know, 5, 10, 20 years to discover that a conspiracy theory that was assumed to be wrong, it was right. Nowadays, the turnaround time for conspiracy theories is like months. So I'm saying what we're talking about now is really a conspiracy theory. And, uh, and what, is a, what is a theory? Well, a theory comes from this thing called a hypothesis. A hypothesis is a guess. A hypothesis says, this is what I think is happening. I don't have all the evidence, but I think this is happening. Then it moves to theory when you have uh, data points, when, 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 your, when, your thought, when your thoughts and the things that you believe were happening, you start to get clarification and they start to become uh, things that, the things that you assume to be true. The data points are now saying these things are true. And that's where a conspiracy theory comes from. And then the next level of, of, of this, uh, this uh, hierarchy becomes a fact. So right now we're between conspiracy theory and fact, because some of the things that you've seen, some of the things that we have seen together have started out as guesses. And when you have all those guesses and, and, and things that you believe is true, some of those things have elevated to theories where you have a lot of data points. And even a few of these things now have moved to the fact level. So if you can, Ruben, please talk about, um, and here's, here's, here's what I want to say, this, so I'll give you something to lead into. Okay, so uh, this, this newspaper, and correct me if I'm wrong, they wanted you to do like a, a, a televised thing or a video thing or a conference call thing, and they wanted you to be there with Carla, and again, correct me if I'm long, wrong, but I will tell you this, I've seen your, your primary opponent on video doing something on Facebook and doing something. In fact, there's a clip that I need to upload of how she felt about building the wall and how Donald Trump was wrong to even talk about it. But I've seen clips of her talking. She is not, uh, she doesn't do well in, 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 in natural conversations. Uh, she's not that good in, in, uh, in, these, in these natural conversations as well as you are. So what do you think about that? Well, first of all, Rick, let's, let's go back to this. Carlos Spahn doesn't have the kind of experience or background to, uh, to uh, make a determination whether or not she's being set up or being played. They're <laughs> definitely trying to play us. They're trying to play me and her, uh, put us against, pit us against each, each other. We're Republican. We're the same party. But she tries to be everything to everybody. You can't do that. You, the way you go into a situation is how you have to come out. So if I go into this situation 
like I am. I want to come out that way. I don't want to go in and then they take parts of me. They, they, they rob me of my, of my soul. My whole goal as a Christian is to get to heaven. And I believe in those founding principles. I believe in God. And I believe in doing the right thing. So, yes, Rick, you know, one of the things that, let's talk about conspiracy theory. I brought up uh, in my, one of my emails to the Sun Sentinel to how I believe that Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been violating Florida 1992 term limit amendment. And that amendment that was passed overwhelmingly by the voters and it became an amendment to the Florida State Constitution. Uh, they, he couldn't let that go. Uh, I think the guy named is Mr. Uh, Steve Burquette. He couldn't let that go. So he wrote me back and said that he thinks that I'm wrong and for the record uh, that didn't apply to her, blah, 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 blah. So I went online and I found the case. Uh, it was 1999 where that, where that amendment met the muster. That amendment went before the Florida Supreme Court or one of the United States Supreme Court. And they upheld that amendment. And that amendment barred for re-election incumbents as to who have served past eight years. It, it barred them from seeking re-election. That's uh, the 1992 term limit amendment tells uh, Florida representatives, Florida uh, state senators, state representatives, it, it tells U.S. senators, U.S. representatives, and other positions that you, you can only hold the position eight years, and then after that you have to sit for two years, and then we run. Well, she's been in that office continuously since 2004, and I think the problem is this. We don't have enforcement. We don't have enforcement within the state when it comes to our election law. We don't get it with our, uh, allegedly, we don't get that with our local election officers because, like I say, they are partisan instead of nonpartisan. The law says, the Constitution says, they should be nonpartisan. But they have taken on this partisan persona. So they're not going to do the job. Another conspiracy theory that I laid out to them, I question the fact because I came across the information. See, I'm an American first candidate. When I came across the information that indicated or alluded to the fact that Carlos Spalding is a Jamaican-born citizen, I wrote Mrs. Spalding a year ago, and I saw something on her website where she said that she was an American citizen. But then the information that I received contradicted that. But after, hey, look, so this won't be an issue as I move through my campaign because I believe in standing up for the rules of law. I said, can't you provide me with a copy of either your birth certificate or your naturalization papers? Well, she chose not to even do anything to that regard. I believe that she maybe felt she didn't have to give anything that information. But the Constitution says that you must be a natural-born or naturalized citizen. That's who's supposed to run for these offices. Non-citizens, unless they are citizens, and that's no disrespect over those good uh, uh, citizens that want to pursue office. But if you, when you sign off on that qualifying paper, then you say that you are, you meet all the qualifications of running for Congress or running for any federal office, I believe that you should uh, show that information or should let that allow that information to be vetted because I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be a United States uh, a citizen. And for that reason, I have a birth certificate. And if you were to ask me to produce that birth certificate, I have no problem with doing that. So all I would simply say, hey, look, let's not make this an issue. I know you've been doing this in the past. I know that you probably had no one in the world to even ask you this question, but I'm a different type of candidate. I believe in following the Constitution. The Constitution is our bedrock. It's our foundation. It's the language that governs us as a people, as a citizen. And if we, the violation of that Constitution, you invalidate and put, put us up on a de facto and illegitimate government. And I don't want to be in that. I want, when I pass the bill, I want it to do, be because I have a right to put forth legislation that's going to help improve America. So those are types of conspiracy theories, Rick, that are not even being discussed. So they took a, 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 a exception 
to my even raising these issues. And I didn't just raise them. I, I filed uh, with the state, the state office of uh, elections integrity, and I asked them to uh, help me get this proof. Because if she's not a citizen, she should not be running. And that wasn't uh, trying to be a dis that wasn't disqualified. That was the law. And I just simply asked her to prove that. And I think that's where the whole mm -hmm. conversation got off track. I think that's when it got off track. I think that I became the target of their anger because I brought something to the table that no one has ever brought to the table before, and that's what I do. I used to be an honor student in school, Rick. I was an honor student. I've always prided myself of being the person that's going to strive to get the A or strive to get the B, try not to get that, that C or that D, but I always uh, did beyond and, beyond and above the call of duty in anything that I do. I got on the ballot by petition. What did that say about my kind of person? That, that says a lot. I'm in this for real. I had to speak to over 50,000 people to get 2,623 signatures. Enough people that believe in me enough to sign off on that petition. Carla couldn't even do that. So she had to pay qualifying fees. Oh, I'm, man. I'm true, to the, I'm true to the game. I'm not new to the game. Hey, I've had enough. Enough is enough, Rick. Let me tell you something. Now, 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 now uh, I got to I got to jump in and tell you about. There's this guy in Arizona, and uh, his name was Alex Stovall, and you made me think of something. This guy, I believe, he raised about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he was unable to get enough ballot petitions to make it on the ballot. So check this. Check that out. One hundred and I think it was one hundred and forty nine thousand, one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars. Yet you did not get enough ballot petitions. I think he got the number. This is down in Arizona. He got a, he got enough numbered petitions, but there were something was wrong with them. So he didn't make it. So so when you said that, that to me, that was the biggest. Uh, eh, I'll call it the biggest story of raising a bunch of money and not even making it to the ballot. I mean, so that's crazy. But you mentioned something. I'm going to send a, a copy of this podcast episode to Governor Ron DeSantis. I mean, his email is well known. Everybody probably has it. But I do get uh, updates. I'm a, I'm a Florida a native. I'm a native of Florida, Hillsborough County, Tampa. Lived down in South uh, uh, Florida for a minute uh, in my younger years. But I'm sending a copy of this podcast episode uh, to Governor DeSantis and his team, because I believe he is going to catch a whole bunch of people who are lying, who are cheating, who are manipulating the vote, uh, who are fudging things at the supervisor of election offices. I believe he's going to get a lot of people because the target is on their back. If you've been cheating and stealing Floridians' life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness through election fraud, your days are numbered. Your days are numbered big time. And as we get ready to close, I got one comment that you can close us out. So you got, you got Debbie, and she's like the quote-unquote incumbent, and, uh, and she does have a pass. Now, I don't want you to talk about her pass because she does have a pass, but she does have a present, and her present is as a congressperson in this ridiculously socialist, almost communist type way that 
the president, I don't, I don't even use his name. I just say, let's go, Brandon. I refuse to let people use his name on my podcast episode. If you do use it, you owe me $100. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the failed leadership under let's go, Brandon, Debbie has nothing to brag about. Down in South Florida, everything looks nice, but the people are upset because they were shut down and they saw as a person who has roots, uh, family members that are from Cuba, they have people from Cuba have seen roots. They've seen the signs of what socialism and communism was trying to rear their ugly head uh, down in, in South Florida. So Debbie, even though she has a, <laughs> an incredible past and I don't want you to talk about it, people can look up her past on their own, but she does have a presence or present, and that present is she has nothing to talk about. And then your opponent, you know, the nurse and the real estate agent, man, she's been flip-flopping. She said that Trump wasn't going to build the wall and there was no need to build the wall, and then Trump built the wall. She said on video that um, that no uh, old white men or something, she made some comment about that, and it's it's out there. You know, she says something about old white men and behind her uh, speech as she was doing in this little presentation section, she had a Trump, a Trump banner and Trump photos behind her. Trump is an old white man. <laughs> so that was just to me, that was the, this, the, this, the, 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 the imagery of that is just, was just stunning. But man, we want uh, blacks. Latinos from any party, Democrat, uh, Republican, non-party affiliation, because this is the one chance, the last chance, I believe, that if you have been voting Democrat and have not received anything for 30, 40, 50 years, this is your chance to say enough is enough. I'm tired of being used. I'm tired of being asked for my vote. And then after the Democrats win, you put back on the shelf, get and collect dust. And then when it's time to vote again, they dust you off. And then they say, please vote for me. Please vote for me. Those days are numbered. So we need all Democrats who are disappointed and, dis and, dis and dissatisfied with uh, the leadership of the Democrat Party in South Florida to, to change your, your affiliation. You got into July 23rd to do it. That is uh, like nine days from now. So, Ruben, close us out as we begin our 40 days and 40 nights to small business owners there in District 25. First of all, this is Ruben Young. Thank you, Rick, for having me on. I'm running for Congress, running for, uh, to be the first Republican elected to Florida Congressional District 25. My website is ryoungforcongress.com. Uh, you made a comment uh, in, in reference to a comment that uh, Carla Spalding, I think that she stated back in uh 2018, she said that nobody's going to vote for old white men and that uh, she knows for a fact that she's going to get all these various groups uh, that's going to vote for her. She's come from a place that practices democratic socialism. So that's number one. Uh, I, I come from a place that believes in freedom, justice, equality, liberty, the Constitution. So, you know, so, so you know, any person with experience would have never got in front of a crowd <laughs> and insult a group of old white men, and like you said, uh, and you'll make your reference about the things that were placed behind them. But the fact of the matter, we have a choice. 
I'm a street fighter. I came from a place where I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. The only thing that I've ever put out is I give all my time. I do everything 150%. I know I do the same thing when I get elected to Congress. I know that right now we are in a position to make the right decision. We need to say enough is enough. Deb has not done anything from anybody except for the people that's in her core group, the people that she helped get the contracts and the money, while other people in the district suffer from degradation because they don't get her help. Hey, let me break, let me break in for a second. I didn't even know she was still in Congress. A lot of people didn't know. A lot of people said that she's still there. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that don't even want her as their representative. But because of the fact of, of the election schemes that take place, I don't think that newspapers should be getting endorsements. I know that for the mere fact that I got into it with the Sun Sentinel, you'll be seeing them endorse Carlos Spalding, although she may not be the best qualified candidate. She started off as a Democrat. She went, that didn't work. She went into being an independent. That didn't work, and then she, she found out what works for her is being a, a Republican. Because Republicans are looking for somebody that they can believe in, somebody they can finally believe in that won't sell them out, that, that won't become a rhino. Well, I don't take no chances. 99% of all shots missed are the ones you don't take. I may be the lone shot, but I'm the right shot. I'm the best shot. And I'm asking for an opportunity to get in that seat so I can make them proud because I was serving that district 24-7. There's a lot of people who have been left behind. I want to get to know everybody in that district. When I grew up, Rick, everybody knew me in my neighborhood. Well, I'm going to do the same thing when I get to Congress. In my district, there will not be any strangers. I'm going to get to know, I'm try to get to know every person in that district at their kitchen table and find out what services or what problems that they are experiencing, then take it to the national floor to try to get it fixed. So that's who I am. So give me an opportunity. Give me a chance to get in that seat and make a difference. I've been at this a long time, way before any of the opponents in that race. I ran for Miami-Dade County Circle Court against another do-nothing Democrat named Harvey Rubin. When they counted me out, I came out with 278,088 votes, way, way more votes than my opponents in my race. I've gotten more votes than Debbie, I've gotten more votes than Carla, and I've gotten more votes than Midweek. The Milwee, the guy, the young man is in. I think he's like 33, 34, trying to get his feet wet. I, but anyhow, I believe that I will get in there and I will run on sure grit and I will run to do my very best and I will make this district proud because I may not be perfect, but I am no sell. Hey, check this out. So win or lose, there's going to be some amazing things happen. So let's say you you run, you're running, and let's say you win. Great news. Got to run against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, she brings, brings nothing to the table, has done absolutely nothing. I think she stood in front of that, that, uh, that, 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 that uh, building that, that collapsed there in, uh, in sunny in, in uh, South Florida. She did that. Stood First there, time got, I've seen in 20 years. First time I've seen in 20 years. Yeah, they stood in front of the collapsed building. God rest the people who died in that. Um, but but what, what I was going to say, if you win, you face her, you get to, you know, run against her but if you lose because of cheating then everything that we have said worked was true you see and see that's the thing about history uh if you lose by cheating that's going to go that's going to follow people that's going to follow people and it may not do much for you it may hurt the people of sunny south florida south broward but they will know that Reuben talked about it. 
and on in in the in the summer months of 2022 and even going back 30 years you have talked about it hey man my name is rick napier uh, we were talking to uh ruben young r young for congress.com running against debbie wasserman schultz in district 25 south broward uh, primary opponent is carla spalding the real estate agent and nurse and please donate. Please subscribe to Ruben's website like thousands of you have already done. So anyway, Ruben, take care. My direct phone number, never hide that, is 726-999-0999. And maybe you can send Ruben, you can send a copy of this podcast episode uh, to the Sun Sentinel. Take care and make it a great day. Stop this, Rick. Thank you very much, everybody.